On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam Shansky, and today I'm here with Brian Dunn at the Diddy TV studios in downtown Memphis. Brian, how's it going today, man? It's going good. Good, man. How are you doing? Uh, after having been on tour with Liz Longley and Delbert McClinton, Lily Hyatt, and most recently the Secret Sisters, right? Yeah. How you feeling? Um, uh, a little tired, but I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was it torn with the Secret Sisters? Oh, they were great. They were really good, um, and they were really good to me. Um, yeah, it was. It went about as good as it could go. Those were, those are some pretty cool shows. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And so you've been a part of the Kayamo Cruise in 2017, right? Yeah, yeah, I did that earlier this year. That was great. Shared the bill with, like, Brandy Carlisle and Emmy Lou Harris. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would say I shared it. I was kind of like, they list them in order of popularity, and I was, like, the last name. Okay. But, you know, I don't think they know that I was on the cruise, but I knew that they were on the oh, cruise. Oh, they know. <laughs> I don't they know. think so. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. <clears throat> so you also worked on NPR's uh, Mountain Stage, right? Yeah. How was that? Uh, that was uh, unbelievable. Uh, they have been running that show for like 30 years or 40 years or something. Maybe not 40, maybe 30 years. Long time. Uh, but yeah, they just, it's a real, it's a real like classic institution. Plus I have a deep love for NPR. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm using my NPR voice right now. <laughs> As we're here in the Diddy studios. So you grew up in New York, upstate New York, right? But you're living in Sorta, New, yeah. New York City. Yeah, I live in New York City. Um, upstate, I, I grew up, oh, I only clarify just because people that are really from upstate would say it's not, it doesn't mm -hmm. count, but it's basically like an hour north of the city, mm -hmm. um, right where sort of the um, the city commuter towns give way to the rural areas, mm -hmm. so um, kind of just like a, kind of a town that's caught in the middle. What, you know? what keeps you in New York now? Um, well, I love New York City, man. It's just, I don't know, I... Uh, it, it, there's a pretty sizable learning curve with it. Like it takes a few years to really get the yeah. hang of it. But um, everything, you know, everything that is cliche about New York is somewhat true. Mm -hmm. You know, except it's not really dangerous. Other places are dangerous. <laughs> you feel pretty safe there. Yeah, it's really safe. I think it is. I'm gonna eat my words. But you're living in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I live in Greenpoint now. I lived in Williamsburg for a couple of years. I lived in Manhattan for a couple of years, you know, bop around. Yeah, but you described it as like a place where it's good to come home to and sort of like have uh, a good writing base and then go out and tour and then come back and sort of have welcoming home shows and that sort of, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, th th there's a scene there for people that are in town, but I find that I do most of my work on the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, when I come home, we'll do like a big, blow up show and it's awesome because you know you really 
you know, build up some good grace with people. What uh, venue do you like playing there most? Well, Rockwood Music Hall is kind of the place for guys that sound like me mm -hmm. these days. Um, well, I don't know if guys that sound like me specifically, but it's the closest thing they have to the old sort of pass-the-hat type clubs. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then, then you start into the Bowery Presents venues, which is like uh, Mercury Lounge and Music Hall Williamsburg mm -hmm. and uh, Bowery Ballroom and stuff like that. Those are, those are great rock and roll, classic rock and roll New York venues, you know? Yeah. So you produced your last album, Bug Fixes and Performance Improvements, yourself. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how that album came to be? Yeah. So uh, uh, I, and I guess I guess I started working on it in the summer of 2015, and I I'd been a little bit frustrated. I I self have self released everything I've done, and I'd been a little bit frustrated by just how things had been received in the past. So I just decided to like throw caution to the wind and just make exactly the record I wanted to make. So I I figured no if nobody knows you, nobody expects anything from you. So I I set out to produce this thing on my own. I brought in my buddy Andrew Sarlo to engineer it, um, who's a great producer. He produced um, the Big Thief record capacity. Um, and uh, yeah, we just I wanted to make a record that sounded like my favorite records and we we got really into it, got really specific and I just sort of told my story more clearly than I had before, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what's the message that you're hoping people will take away from that album? Um, don't let anybody push you around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In like a tough kind of way? like a No, I just think that, you know, now's the time for standing your ground. When people, I think this, you know, I mean, we could get into like how I see the world and all that stuff, but I think more, more or less in art, once upon a time, I think maybe trying to write a song that was for everybody mm -hmm. maybe was 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 a value but right now i think that people are looking for humanity mm -hmm. in in the things that they listen to so when they listen to your record they want to get to know you and people will tell you that's not true i disagree i think that you got to show people who you are and they'll find their their own humanity in in that i hear a lot of love in your songs um mm -hmm. <laughs> do, you, do you take love pretty seriously yeah, love and hate. Uh, they're both, uh, they're not mutually exclusive. So, yeah. Cool. Um, what role does mental health play in your music, and um, both as a therapy for you as an address to other people? That's a good question. Um, well, I definitely play music to keep myself sane, and I think that a lot of people do that. Um, and I think that, you know, I think for a long time people didn't like to talk about those types of things. So mm -hmm. when music has always been kind of a way that, you know, the great artists of the past have always sort of expressed themselves in a way that that wasn't necessarily looked upon as something you should talk about. I mean, I think music, mental health, pretty much everything, like is music is a place to talk about all the things we don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's a freedom of expression. Yeah. And there's certainly a thread of that that runs through this record as I wrote it in my mid-20s and I had to do some sort of reckoning with myself. Can you explain the song Chelsea Hotel a little bit and the deeper yeah. meaning of that song? Sure. Um, that's a song that I wrote about addiction um, that is written from a viewpoint of somebody that I sort of know. Um, the Chelsea Hotel thing is, is sort of an homage to Leonard Cohen. I wrote the song mm -hmm. uh, uh, as an homage to Leonard Cohen and... Chelsea Hotel is a place that, you know, was known for sort of promiscuity in the 70s. And I just wanted to write a song about addiction 
with empathy for the addict. I felt like there are a lot of songs about addiction that sort of talk about addicts and junkies as though they were sort of lost causes. And there's, I understand that, but uh, I wanted, to, I feel, I, I felt this, this sort of empathy towards the sensitivity. I think a lot of people that have struggled with addiction are, are just very sensitive people. They're people that have trouble dealing with the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to write that story. So you have a new live EP coming out next year, right? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, right as Bug Fixes and Performance Improvements was coming out, I took a little trio out on the road and we played Mountain Stage. And we went upstate and did this, uh, this show in this cabin that sort of was really cool. kind of looks like a Levon Helms barn. Mm. Um, and it was a really cool show and we multi-tracked it. So we, we've, been, we've had it in the can for, for about six months, waiting for the right moment to release it. Um, and it's basically, we took the... This, the, the heavier band songs on the, on the album, we stripped them down. Mm -hmm. um, and then some old stuff that needed some refreshing, we, we put that on there too. So I'm pretty excited about it. Very cool. And then you're heading out in March of next year on a headlining tour, right? Are you excited yeah. about that? Yeah, it's going to be um, our first trip around the sun, sort of uh, seeing where we're at with that. So uh, I have no idea how it's going to go. I hope that people see this and buy tickets to those shows. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the same trio from the live album, so it's going to be sort of promoting that album. And uh, we're going to kind of go up and down the East Coast to start and maybe back out to the Midwest and then maybe back even down here, depending on how well it starts. And where can people find those dates at? They'll be on my website, uh, brianmusic.net. .net is for the cool kids. Very cool. Com. We don't want it. <laughs> we can't have it. Can't afford it. Um, yeah, so they'll be up there. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot for being here today, Brian. I really appreciate your time and everything, and best of luck to you out there, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You right. too. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. 
In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.